Warning, the following podcast contains spoilers for The Descent Part 1 and Part 2, Kong Skull Island, Godzilla King of the Monsters, Scoob, Iron Man 2, The Green Inferno, and P2. This podcast also contains the sounds of many explosions. Don't worry, Terry is fine. Hello and welcome to the Dis Dump Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Miles Trout, and this is the show where we watch movies, play games, or listen to music in an effort to decide, are we going to keep the disc or are we going to dump them? Today, I am joined by a newish, oldish friend, somebody I haven't talked to in a very long time. That would be my friend, Terry. How you doing, Terry? I am feeling delicious. You are feeling delicious. All right. Sounds good. So today we are going to be talking about the movie The Descent. But first, a brief history. Okay. Give me a smile. Do you know, are you sure we're going the right way? I've never been lost in my life. <laughs> There's only one way out of this chamber, and that's down the pipe. The Descent is the 2005 film directed and written by Neil Marshall. It stars Shauna McDonald as Sarah and Natalie Mendoza as Juno. With an all-female cast, this film is one of the most intense horror films ever made. The story picks up a few years after Sarah's family are killed in a car accident, her husband and daughter. Uh, she's terribly traumatized by this, but her friends kind of get her out to have a fun little adventure where they go caving. And things go quickly south as Juno has secretly found 
a cave system that has not previously been discovered or explored. Quickly they get lost and there's a cave-in and there is not much hope for survival. They have a really hard time navigating through these caverns. And then the next thing you know, there are mole men that attack them. These are people that basically they were cavemen who evolved to live exclusively in the caves. So their eyes are very, very bad if they function at all is unknown. They have big, big ears and they screech and they have terrible claws for slashing and ripping up people and whatever animals come out. There's a, several points in the movie where they say they, uh, they must go out and hunt down animals from outside, but if that was the case, I don't know why they would have adapted to live exclusively in the caves, but that's neither here nor there. And then at one point, once the mole men start attacking them, all the women kind of divide up, and Juno is out there kicking all their asses, all the evil monsters' asses, because she's a badass bitch and uh, one of her friends comes up behind her to try and help her and Juno accidentally stabs her in the neck. And then Juno leaves her for dead because she thinks she just killed her. And it's a pretty chaotic scene, so I can understand how Juno did that. I don't think it was done out of spite or evil. But then later in the movie, Sarah finds that girl's body and she's still alive and she says, don't trust Juno. And Sarah's pretty upset by that. So uh, one by one, the girls start getting killed off as they had scurried in different directions. Eventually, Sarah and Juno meet back up not far from the exit of the cave. And Sarah stabs Juno in the leg and leaves her to be killed by all the mole men while Sarah makes a great escape. And that's the end of the first movie and where the franchise probably should have ended. But then, of course, Hollywood being Hollywood, there's a second one. The second one picks up immediately at the end when Sarah gets picked up by a trucker who takes her to the police station and the police believe that Sarah has had something to do with the disappearance of the girls and the trucker points out to them that there's a mine shaft not far from where he found the girl and that they should all go down there and look for the rest of the, the girls so the cops grab a uh, crack team of spelunkers and they grab Sarah and everybody goes down in this rickety mine shaft to try and find the girls Sarah doesn't say anything about the mole men at all. She doesn't point out that they're going to get ripped to shreds by a bunch of pale white um, Falmer from Skyrim, if anyone understands that reference. It's basically what they are. And uh, one by one, they all start to get killed off. And there is a female cop who uh, has a daughter. And Sarah freaks out because she realizes that this cop's daughter is going to be without her mother. So Sarah tries to help her specifically get out. And one by one, everybody dies. And at the end, Juno comes back. It turns out Juno wasn't killed and she's been fighting all of the mole men the whole time by herself and doing pretty well. And so Juno helps them escape. And right when things look really dire at the end, Sarah sacrifices herself to save the lady cop who I can't remember her name. And then, of course, the new cop lady who's going to be the new star of, I guess, the next one comes out and she starts to make her way through the woods and the guy from the beginning in the truck cracks her over the head with a shovel and throws her back in where she gets eaten by the mole man and that is the end of the movie so now you've heard the whole plot of the descent one and two on with the show so you're a horror movie buff right yeah yeah i'm decently into horror movies gore gore and um blood, guts and shit that's my main thing but, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah, that, was, that series, other than Hellraiser, can't be touched. 
So wait, Hellraiser's your favorite, or Nightmare on Elm Street's your favorite? Hellraiser is. He's on my back. So is Freddy's hand, but oh, you got, got a tattoo pinhead all the way on my spine, on my back. Jesus, that sounds like yeah, it would hurt. Yeah, I'm, I'm big into that shit, man. It, it did. It's still getting done. I have pieces. Pennywise just got finished. I just finished Pennywise on my back, and some of the shading is done, and the pentagram still needs finished. But yeah. So you could say that you're into horror movies if you're getting them tattooed on your back. <laughs> um, yeah. Which yeah. Pennywise is it? Is it Tim Curry Pennywise or the new one? Tim Curry's. Yeah, that's the way to be. We were thinking about doing both, but we didn't have enough room because the one side, we don't know what we're putting over there. But we do have Freddy's hand dangling from one of the chains. Ooh. Got so. like a, a Where's Waldo on your back of horror movies, huh? It's kind of like that, but the big pictures, you'll be able to notice who they are. Yeah, I would hope so. Like, But what Pennywise is, like, his guts and everything, like, it looked like Pinhead took, like, chains to him and ripped him apart. That's what it looks like on my back, because his guts are all splurred out with his leg all cocked. Jesus. So, yeah. Yeah. So, that's what your favorite part is, is the blood and gore? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, cool. There's nothing wrong with that. I have no idea where I am right now, so. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, um, so. It's I th- a perfect way to talk about The Descent. Indeed. Like, that. The Descent was such a good movie. Like, I, I watched it maybe a month ago, and then you suggested that we talk about it, and I was like, fuck yeah, let's do this. So, am I wrong in thinking that there are, like, two different endings to this movie, depending on where you watch it? I feel like uh, never heard that one. You never. I feel like there was an ending where it was like all a dream that she escaped and she got killed in the end anyway. I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up. Maybe that's like some Mandela effect shit. But maybe. But the, I just know that the second one leads right after she she fucking gets out. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make no sense. Oh when my we gosh. get to the end of the movie yeah. when we talk about it. Yeah. When we. Okay. So we'll God just. Damn. I just skipped that all. No, it's all good. This is how it goes. It's a scatter shot. We just talk about whatever pops up to our head. <laughs> but the uh, so oh. the first one is super good for like a lot of reasons. It starts with like a crazy tragedy, which is a good sign for a horror movie usually, and like. It's an all-female cast, so it's a bunch of strong-ass characters. Nobody's, like, completely worthless in this movie. And they just, like, they put a lot of effort into character development. It's not just, like, walk, stab, repeat in this movie. It's, like, a completely unique horror movie experience. Would- it was good. Like, I, to me personally, the one thing that bothered me, there is something that did bother me in the get-go. It kind of sounded like... They all had British, Scandinavian accents so much that you could tell. And it's like they randomly know people out in Appalachian. Like this is a time when internet was still kind of messed up a little bit. And it's like they just randomly know where they want to go hiking in the Appalachian Mountains when they sound like they're from another country and they don't explain it. Yeah, yeah, yeah they good. they just kind of briefly brush up on, oh, I planned this expedition, but, like, they have all these resources that aren't really explained how they, like, know how to get where they're going and stuff, let alone how she was able to know there was an undiscovered thing over here when they're all from Europe. How, like, how did she know there was a cave that nobody knows about unless she'd already been there? But, I don't know, the whole thing seemed a little sketchy. 
as far as that goes. I, you can never catch me in a fucking cave, man. Like, I've I've gone <laughs> through caves, in, but Indian, I've been to Indian Echo Caverns like once in my childhood. But it's like they take it to a new level. Like, I like to hike. I went. I just went around Lake Ro- Williams all day today, and mm-hmm. it's like I like to hike. But man, get me in a small corner the way they're doing. I don't know about that shit because I believe in the Hollow Earth theory. And that hollow earth theory explains a lot of the different shit that could be there that I don't want to deal with. <laughs> okay, okay, we got some stuff to unpack here. <laughs> so I I agree. I've been to Indian Echo Caverns. I've been to ones where you just walk through casually with old people and small children. Like, that's fine. I'm not worried about that. But, yeah, like you said, if you have to, like, crawl through <laughs> tiny caverns. I'm not about that. Yeah. It sounds worrying to me. I, mean, I don't want to go through a fucking place with old people <laughs> in a cavern that they might be like, I hate you, grandchild. Knock. Right into the thing. Oh, I don't know where he went. He disappeared off on his own. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going with old people. I know that's all that matters. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, they. uh, That's those are the experiences I've had. Is just like big tour groups going through. So it's a lot less scary because there's like a high school kid who's like, I do this 600 times a day. So they seem like they know their way around, but. You said you believe in the hollow earth theory, and you you know we can't just, like, brush past that. What are you talking about? Oh, you don't know? You, don't, you never heard of this theory? I mean, let's pretend the audience has no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so the hollow earth theory is basically an exploring. There's different caverns inside the earth that different civilizations could have, like, an air pocket that could have oxygen in it that actually sustained life underneath the earth that we live in. Like, perfect example would be um, the new Kong Skull Island and Godzilla King of the Monsters. I love those Those explored the hollow earth theory. Okay. I see what you're saying. Like, Land of the Lost or uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. And a new Scoob movie. And a new Scoob movie. I haven't seen it, but that deals with the hollow earth theory. else. I'm just not I'm not saying anything else. I mean, you can. I'm going to, like, at the beginning, I let everyone know what gets spoiled. So I don't mind if you spoil the Scoop movie. That's not going to bother me. Dude, it was such a fucking good movie, though. Like, I literally watched it for the sixth time today. Sixth time? Jesus. Yeah, this is like the sixth time I watched it since I bought it. Wow. I mean, it must be pretty kid, good. Man. I I it brings okay so you remember do you remember Boomerang from Cartoon Network? Of course. We we're so going way off topic, but no, it's all good. <laughs> Wacky races, Dick Dastardly and his mutt, the mutt that goes. <laughs> oh yes, Rise of Fragile. Yes, like that guy. Mm-hmm. They they actually bring those characters in from Wacky Races and Captain Caveman and characters like that in this movie. And they briefly tell it. And if you ever remember from our childhood, a pup named Scooby-Doo. Of course, yeah. It, br- it brings in that and brings in Dino Mutt and Blue Falcon. Jesus. What is it about, like, cartoons when we were kids? They all had baby versions of themselves. You notice that? <laughs> it was like just I a, don't know. There's, like, the, the Tiny Toons and, like, the um, Muppet Babies and a uh, puppy named Scooby-Doo and stuff like for some reason they uh, they all had little baby versions of themselves I guess it's probably still like a common thing I think I saw a thing that was like baby Avengers or something anyway um there's 
Pet Avengers. Pet Avengers? The Avengers had pets. Yeah. Of course. And fucking Thor's was a frog. <laughs> it's like some... Like, I, ever since I learned that, I could never get over that. <laughs> it's like some Paw Patrol superhero shit. Dude, Paw Patrol Avengers. Oh, my God. That's some <laughs> funny shit. Yeah, man. But back to the movie discussion. Okay. All right. All right. So, the... Well, I mean, we already covered, like, the general plot and the brief history, or at least I will have it, like, kind of covered. So, something I noticed is that on the drive to the cave there are two groups of girls there's the ones in the black suv and the ones in the white suv and it shows that the ones in the black suv they're like all over the road and they're driving really fast and they're like making a whole scene and stuff and like being outrageous and then the ones in the white suv are responsible talking about make sure you drink some water and stuff and i don't know it's (laughs) moments like that that i feel like add art to this movie that they like think about shit like that yeah, did I'll you see honest, it in the theater? I, I forget. I just know the movie because I remember there was a movie I've seen that a woman was in blo- a bloody cavern and that there's creatures there and they went in there and I remember it was called The Set. I, I always mix the ruins with this movie. They're very similar. How, but They're very similar. They are. They are very. And it's like, I like them both, so. Well, I saw this and, movie in the theater and like... I remember it was right after I saw the first Saw movie, maybe even the second one, and my dad was like, it's going to be like that if you want to go see a movie. I was like, all right, cool. And then I remember when, like, the claustrophobic scenes start happening where the girl gets stuck in, like, the crawl space. I was, like, angry at my dad because he didn't tell me that that was about to happen, even though we were both watching the movie at the same time. And, yeah, I, I vividly remember that for some reason. I should. <laughs> that should. That scene, man, it was... Like, I'm not much claustrophobic, but I could just imagine what that person's going through right now. Yeah, that and shit that was scary. And, and then that rock moves, and they're like, go, go, go. Like, bitch, I don't have a lot of room. How am I going to move faster than I can? This rock might as well just kill me. Just kill me now. Just <laughs> yeah. kill me now. Like, it's it's just like one of those situations where, like, I'm sure you've been in situations where you, something goes from bad to worse and you're just like, holy shit, I'm oh, like yeah. fucked right now. Like the, it, that's how the whole first movie felt to me was just like one thing after another. And you're like, there is no way they're going to get out of this shit. And it just, it just kept happening, kept happening. Like eventually when the monsters show up and they start running in oppo- all these crazy directions when they already didn't know where they were. Like I have a tendency um. of getting lost a lot. <laughs> so I just like was like, no, you're doing this wrong. <laughs> oh Christ. Everyone's going to die. <laughs> I've been like under rocks, like where I had to move kind of like that. And man, it is not fun at all. When were you in situations where you were under rocks? It was more towards um, Gettysburg. Like in Gettysburg, you could actually climb in the rocks and stuff there. Mm -hmm. And I went under a rock and I found a little cavern. I just decided to go under and sit for a while so nobody could find me. Oh, well, you know, sometimes we all need our safe spaces. <laughs> yeah, then I lost my friend lost their phone in the fucking rocks and couldn't get it. Jeez. Cause there's some you just can't get through, you know? Yeah, I mean, gotta be careful with those phones, they're expensive. You, I'm lost a little bit. So. But the movie, yeah, the movie like like you said, it's like one thing after another and I I felt like when I first watched the movie, I was like, it's kinda corny, like 
they, they all drive, like you said, they were driving down and <laughs> that Bronco, man, I thought it was going to flip at one point. Yeah, <laughs> they were driving it, it, crazy. It looked like it was jumping, like it was having a fun time with suspension, jumping back and forth. Like it was like one of those low riders that have that air suspension. It, it looked like that. But that part and them running and actually waking up in the morning. They all were just like, you bitch woke us up. Yeah. You're just all running and shit. I've, you don't know what she's going to have to deal with for the next year, probably. I mean, she was a bad bitch, though. Do you know that, like, the Asian girl? Oh, Dude, my God. She fucked she shit up. <laughs> she was awesome. Sarah. Sarah was a bitch, but she she wasn't. She didn't give a fuck because she just lost her child and her de- her husband. You know what I mean? Like, when I first saw that, see, when I watched it. Again, and I'm just like, are they, what the hell's going on? They're talking nice. Oh, they're having a fun time. And next no joke, boom. I'm just like, what the hell? Yeah, that they was really super jarring. on that one. Yeah. Dude, well, I was just like, uh, it just blew my mind. When I, uh, like, my girlfriend, when she goes to sleep, she needs to watch something happy and light. And I don't particularly care. So I'm laying in bed with her and she goes to sleep. So I'm like, I'm going to watch The Descent. So I turned on the movie and right when the poles go through the husband's head and kill the kid is when she opens her eyes and she just fucking flipped out on me. She's like, I told you I can't hear things like this when I'm trying to sleep. I'm going to have nightmares forever. I'm so pissed off that I saw that. <laughs> she, she got very <laughs> upset with me. And I understand why. It's pretty graphic. <laughs> what? To wake up while it's dark in the room and you're just like, oh, I'm going to watch this while she's sleeping. And she just does that. Yeah, that that that's probably like, oh, the <laughs> dude i don't know how it would feel i'd be honest like i never wanted to go rock climbing until i watched that movie a little bit like i thought about it for a while but all the shit they have to carry and oh, yeah. i never realized how much upper strength even though we know it's movie magic but a lot of them do that stuff i'm just like dude i do pull-ups i can do like 10 pull-ups but to hold there with one hand held on the grip and try and grab and put something up in there I, I i'd be dead yeah there, there's some badass chicks in that movie i actually i watched like the making of the descent and they really yeah they all like went to real caves and did a whole bunch of shit like they do in the movie to like prepare them for it and their like workout regiment is insane like trying to prepare for this movie because they they have wires to like keep them from falling and stuff but they're still like being badasses hanging onto things with one arm and like trying to hook other shit and they're they're no joke those chicks they're tough oh my that's crazy mm-hmm. yeah that, that's that, that sounds like a marvel movie get those actors to be the marvel characters you know what i mean yeah i mean the girl who plays juno she should definitely be someone in the marvel universe who do you think she should be like she hulk or something no see i i think emily blunt should be she hulk but she's not big enough. Like everyone wants kind of Randa Rousey, but I'm like, no, no, you can't. Put she's not even like an. That she's a there. bad actress. She's not meant to be an actress. She she is. After seeing her in the Fast and Furious, her first role, it was just horrible. Like I could not withstand it. And then people are saying, um, who else did they say? I fucking forget. I know that people were saying that they've won Keanu Reeves for a while. They wanted him for a while, and there's four or five different characters he could possibly play that could get him a role in all the movies. Mm-hmm. And with those, oh my god, the slate they have, even with Disney Plus, is just phenomenal. 
Like, my opinion, if they wanted to get Keanu Reeves in there, he could be two different people. Who do you think? He could be Moon Knight. But yeah, there he had a contender with Shia LaBeouf because it's a Jewish character. It mm-hmm. has to be a Jewish character because what it is is a character that went to Egypt and something happened where he ended up getting Egyptian powers and yeah, something like that. It, I don't. I never read Moon Knight all the way. I just know briefly of who he is. To me, he's like the fucking Batman of the Marvel universe. In a lot of ways, yeah. Except he's got like some magic shit too. So I know Chris. Chris will tell you a lot about Moon Knight because I think he has like in the, a first edition of where he, when he appeared. Oh wow! Yeah, he has some good shit. He I remember I remember he gave me the first edition of Infinity Gauntlet on my birthday the one year. Wow, that's awesome. He, that was um, nice of him. That he's was a good nice. dude. He's a good dude for sure, man. He's he's a special guy. Yeah, I miss him a lot. It's but it's these these characters are strong, man. For the sure. character development and everything. I'm not going to – hold on. I'm not going to let you get too sidetracked because you said there were two roles for Keanu Reeves and the listeners are going to lose their minds if you don't talk about it, the other one. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, for Keanu Reeves? Yeah, you got a little sidetracked. <laughs> I did. I did. But um, Moon Knight, are you ready for this one? I'm listening. Namor the Submariner. The Submariner. Oh, okay. The the because Marvel version of uh, Marvel version of Aquaman. Well, th- he's actually considered an X Men because he is a mutant, but he is the leader of Atlantis. But the funny thing is, his attitude would be perfect for Keanu Reeves because of his John Wick persona. Namor doesn't really care. He just wants the better of the two than the the one that's wrong. You know what I mean? He'll Mm -hmm. do any means necessary and keep his point and only about his point. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about the Submariner. I I collected a couple of the uh, the Micronauts comics. So, like, these tiny little whatever. I don't remember exactly what the plot is, but the only Submariner comic I have is him versus the Micronauts. So, I don't know a whole lot about him. There's, there's, it's a good bit. They've been teasing them since Iron Man 2. Yeah? Yeah, because if you remember at the end of Iron Man 2, he, there was a huge like map in the background. Mm-hmm. It shows Atlantis on it. Does it? Oh, I have to re- I just yeah. I just watched that like a week ago. I should probably just yeah. breeze back to it. So, yeah. yeah. Um so this started because we were talking about making the characters the actresses from the descent into Marvel characters. That's how we got to where we are now. So, um char- character development is definitely what I think makes this movie stand out. Well, one of the many things that makes this movie stand out over other horror movies cuz usually you're not invested in the characters like at all. The character of Sarah specifically and Juno, they're like both pretty tragic characters that you get enough backstory for them that you're invested in what's going on with them. The other ones, not so much, but those two characters grow a lot over the course of this hour and a half movie. Character development was a strong thing in these movies. It's weird because a lot of people consider this a B-rate movie, but after my opinion today, I kind of consider them up top. Dude, the first one, like, I listened to a lot. It's good. The first one's really good. Like, I listened to a lot of, like, professional writers doing podcasts and stuff. They're talking about, like, what makes a story good. 
most of them seem to like really almost all of them reference the descent as a good horror movie from a writing standpoint so i think that this one was actually a huge success the second one though not so much so i'm looking over my notes here from the first one uh, the the most of them is not that particularly great like bad cgi bats that's like the only real criticism i saw this <laughs> <laughs> bad cgi bats for a little bit another thing i noticed that makes it good is that you feel like you're enclosed the whole time because you can see the ceiling you can see the floor and the lighting is and like you, very it, poor it's and, like they have a gopro the whole time with them yeah like it's you can it just feels claustrophobic because you don't see everything like the darkness in the caverns and stuff gives you the illusion that it's huge they built that whole set like from scratch so it's not an actual cave at all which is astounding to me yeah the whole thing is built like on a sound stage so they a lot of it's green screen whenever they're hanging from ropes and stuff but the uh like the walls they built basically three rooms <laughs> And then they took the wall, like all the stones from the three rooms and just rearranged them. And that made them into new rooms. So like <laughs> it just that's how they uh, that's how they made it look like this huge cavern when really it was like a 50 foot by 50 foot room. Movie magic. Movie magic for sure. And I saw like underneath most of the big puddles and stuff, like all the pools that they fall into. It's literally just a bathtub inside these sets and stuff it's pretty cool on youtube they have like a four-part series of how they made it i suggest everybody check that out because it was actually really interesting and like the way they did the mole men where they like put the makeup on them and stuff it said they said it took them four hours to do the makeup for each one of them that's a lot so when they would make them up they'd do as much as they humanly could like work like 16 hour days of just having the mole men crawling around and stuff <laughs> Yeah, that was crazy. And they said that um, they kept the mole men away from the main actresses because they wanted like the scares to be genuine. So they literally didn't know when mole men were going to pop up a lot of the time because they would just be like, bah, wow. scare them. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Like when I first saw them, I, was, I, I knew it was a creature that I, I remember. But when I first saw him, I'm like, OK, so I was thinking it was like something towards like Gollum from Lord of the Rings, but mixed with like a human bat. That's basically what like, it is. <laughs> it, it was it was something different, and the thing is, like, there was a point that I saw something happen in the second one that was just like this. this it finally hit me that this is kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I will get to that. <laughs> god damn it! Some things like that happen in the movie. I'm like, oh my god, they did that. But then some things are just like, <laughs> it's so corny. You just laugh. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's a lot of parts of the Green Inferno I just laugh at. Oh, the Green Inferno myself. turns into a comedy like 30 minutes into it, for sure. I know, I know, and it's like my my ex wife was gonna be like, I'm insane because I'm just laughing throughout the whole movie. She's like, You see what's happening? It's gruesome as shit. I'm just like, Hey, well, they gotta eat. When the like when the cannibal smokes weed and then they just eat this dude alive because they have the munchies like that's definitely a joke. <laughs> you can't tell me that wasn't supposed to be funny. Funny, dude. It was great. Like they're all just ripping the guy apart, and you just see a little kid run out of the bottle with a leg. I'm just, I'm fucking dying when I saw that. My fucking ex-wife hits me in the face for it. The uh, the that movie's cool too. That the beginning of that movie's super cool because like the airplane crash was fucking crazy, 
And then uh, the the guy that they just like rip apart in front of everybody at the very beginning is like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle this movie. Like that was fucking intense. And then the rest of it is just like, so we know you guys are tense and we need to make this a two hour movie. So now it's time for comedy. And they just totally shift <laughs> gears. <laughs> they do. It does. Like you see that very, very tense part and it sells you and you watch the rest of the movie. I think they need to put something. I bet you they watched that movie. And didn't have that part in there, and it might have been a retake. They're like, dude, this movie's kind of boring. We need to put something exciting that sells them into the scene of the movie. And I saw a little bit of that. It sold me. I I, I know it's a like kind of like a remake of what is it, Cannibalistic Holocaust? Oh, there's, like there's a movie in the '80s that I wanted to see, but it, it's just like it's natural horror. Like this movie is natural. I I don't know if I want to consider it. I think I could make a new subgenre, claustrophobic gore. I mean, there that's definitely I, I don't know if anyone ever defined it, but uh what's that movie P2 I think it's called where the stalker P2. like grabs the girl out of the uh out of the Oh no, that's a different movie. There's a movie where it might actually be called like Isolation where a bad guy catches a girl and like keeps her in this plastic cube and like puts her through all oh. kinds of tests and shit, like pretends to kill her dog in front of her and stuff. It's what? I'm, I'm trying to remember what movie that was. Fuck. Now I'm sure. I don't know what movie that is. I'm, I'm trying to remember. It was, it's not P2, but it came out like the same year. At least I watched it around the same time where, yeah, a guy like a stalker kidnaps this girl and he puts her through all these like a or B tests where like B seems awful. Like the saw movies, but it's a lot less, the stakes are much lower. So it's not like, oh, cut off your finger. It's more like, uh, shoot your dog or watch your dog be shot. Like, it's shit like that. Anyway, that's all I really remember was the scene where they he said he was going to kill the dog and then he didn't actually kill the dog. And I was like, yay. <laughs> so, spoilers for whatever John fucking movie that was. John Wick would after his ass. Yeah, John Wick would fuck that guy up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so dog. now that we've uh, now that we've diverged quite a bit, we're about halfway through this podcast, so I think it's time that we take a little break and we uh, I tell you guys some stuff about how to get a hold of me and uh, say thank you to some people, and we will be right back. great conversation we are having about the descent thank you terry for doing this podcast with me i uh i just have a couple things that i need to say to everybody if you want to get a hold of me you can find me by emailing me discdumppod at gmail.com that's d-i-s-c-d-u-m-p-p-o-d at gmail.com don't forget the little pee in there it's important on twitter i'm at the disc dump on instagram i'm at disc dump podcast you can find some exclusive pictures there of things like my notes and whatever else i find that i feel like only putting on instagram on facebook the disc dump podcast fans is a great group that you can join but the more i'm learning about facebook and how they monetize things i need to start pushing that you guys follow the page more so if you guys start following the page i will start posting more things that you'll enjoy on the page so the group is great for starting conversations and stuff and the page is going to have uh, all the information you need and if you follow the page it will be greatly appreciated last but not least if you could give 
give me a review on iTunes or wherever else you're listening to it. If you can do reviews on that service, I would appreciate a good one because I'm trying to monetize this so I can make some money to keep bringing you the show and make it a little bit better. So yeah, if you could give me reviews, follow my pages, that would be awesome. Especially Twitter. I'm not doing enough with Twitter. I'm trying to make a bigger deal out of it. So I also want to just apologize for the quality of this conversation because there was a lot of technical issues with this one. Like a lot of technical issues. I'm trying to work it out so that I don't have to do it the way I'm doing it. But until then, I've kind of got to just bite the bullet and do it this way. So it won't be much longer. Next episode's episode 20, y'all. I'm pretty stoked about it. And I got one last special thank you from both me and Terry, and it's to my boy Chris. Uh, Chris A. I'm not going to say your last name because I didn't ask your permission to talk about you on this podcast, but Chris A., you're a good dude, man. I miss you. I hope we hang out sometime soon. You're the best. So um, thank you for listening. I'm excited to give you the conclusion of this conversation, so let's jump right back into it. Bye. It's it's surprising because, like, I remember you played football. I did? But... Did did you? I, I was on the team. I, I don't know if I'd say I played it. <laughs> oh, I always see you with the jersey on, so that's how I knew you because I knew most of the people in the squad. Yeah, I was like, I was one of those people who stood on the sidelines and wore the jersey. I didn't actually get to play much. Oh, you're a dick. I was just I was <laughs> you tiny. Get in there. I was tiny, man. I was the smallest lineman. No one's putting me in. <laughs> you're a lineman. See, yeah, and you and I were built the same way. So imagine if you were a lineman, you wouldn't get played either. <laughs> I I would play. I would make them play me because I love playing football. I, I don't. I, I didn't even know the, all of the rules until the last game. So I was not a good football player. <laughs> That's pretty bad. I wouldn't probably do all the rules either. But you know, I, I did just play that. Said I'm getting the ball. I was just going by what the cheerleaders said when they were like, first and 10, do it again. But the thing is, they didn't know what downs were either. So, <laughs> God was, damn it, Miles. Yeah, I was I was an idiot. I couldn't do it. Did you even watch football on TV? No, not at all. What? Yeah, I, I literally joined the team because my closest friends were like, listen, we will get you a date with this girl, this specific girl. I'm not going to say her name on this recording. But they were like, this specific girl, we will get you a date with her. She has talked to us about it. And she said that if he showed that he was into sports or something, she would go on a date with you. I was like, all right, let's do it. No, (laughs) not even at all. Like that was just their bullshit to get to hang out with me longer is what it was. Like, hey, come hang out with us. Get pummeled every now and then and stand on the sidelines and watch us play. (laughs) You're just basically a practice target. That's basically what I there was. I think there was like 65 kids on the team when I played. So I was not the only one just standing there. there. Fabio was on there. Of course Fabio was on there. He was a starter. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just... After you tell me you were alive, I was just like, wow, that, that sucks. Yep, I did not play much. They they said my position was the left out. <laughs> <laughs> you were left out. Exactly. So, you know. Okay, we can get back to it. Okay, all right. <clears throat> 
So, uh, what else do I have written down about? Oh, uh, so the craziest scene in the first one is definitely when Juno accidentally kills her friend. I think we determined, I determined it was Beth. I literally wrote all of their names and crossed out a whole bunch of them thinking it was one. And then it was another one. And then it was another one. I think it was Beth. Juno accidentally like stabbed her friend in the neck. Yeah. It's gotta be Beth. Because you don't see Beth the rest of the movie. I mean, you, you do. See Sarah. You see Beth again because uh, Sarah has to kill her because she's like, don't, don't trust Judo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And then that's the like, reason that Sarah, like, stabs Juno in the leg. Like, he, she just kills that troll. And then she, she freaks out and turns around and just goes. The, the graphic for it, too, like, you literally see the skin pop down the one side just hanging there on top of the blade. While the blood's just gushing out, she just like, as she drops and grabs the necklace. Dude, that shit was heartwarming. Like, that shit was heartwarming. I felt her pain. I felt her pain. Her best friend <laughs> just killed her. I mean, yes, that was a fucked up scene. I don't know if heartwarming is the right way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tearjerker, though. Well, I hear you. I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, that way. Right on. Well, things are heartwarming to me. Like, okay, let me let me put it this way. As an artist, as a musical artist, any kind of artist out there, there's certain things that you appreciate in the movie. When it comes to horror, blood, and guts, there's some things that they do that makes you either laugh, corny, or you just appreciate to an extent that it could be heartwarming. I guess, yeah. Like, they actually did that. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant. Like, that shit, that shit's a way to get people involved in a way that it gets you invested in that character to see what she does next after that happened that could have either fucked up her heart or that and that's good storytelling yeah man like it you, when you when the audience feels something that's a sign of good art no matter what kind of art it is if you can make the audience feel something that's what it's all about and that was definitely the moment for me is when juno accidentally stabbed her friend in the neck when sarah decides that she or when beth begs sarah to kill her and, and sarah has to kill her that's when like Sarah totally shifts gears and turns into a badass. And like in my, in my notes, you'll appreciate this cause you like Pokemon. So in my notes, I wrote, uh, Sarah puts Beth out of her misery. And then underneath of it, I wrote, what's this? Sarah is evolving. <laughs> cause she just turns into a total badass after that. <laughs> I can't, I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> so she starts stomping all the mole men and stuff. And, uh, then it gets really hokey pokey there at the end, like the final <laughs> battle. Oh my gosh. The final battle's a little that much. Was, uh, you know, the one part I do like the most, though. What's that? Is the lighting to that where they jump, where they fall into the pool of blood. It yes. looks like a pool of blood. The way it's actually not a pool of blood. The way they did the lighting in that scene made it that dark with all the caverns and stuff and a little bit of light showing through. It mm-hmm. got that red, like that red lighting, to make it look like a shit ton of blood when it's actually their own feces. Yeah, that was the poop, the poop pit. Yeah, the... and it was just it looked like a giant pool of blood. And there's the literally the picture on Hulu and like any disc you look like it looks like she's in a a thing of blood. And then we learn in the second movie it's the shit pit. <laughs> yeah, pretty much because <laughs> that part, that part, that part where the guy just just sitting in there not doing anything. Just comes up and just looks over and you just see du- you just see this dookie just come out of there and it's just like oh yeah that- so let's start talking about the second one then <laughs> the second <laughs> one 
it, the second one, everything that makes the first one good, the second one does not have. Everything. Like, the lighting is super, super bad. There is no character development. The cast is not all females. Um, but the biggest problem is that there's no point in the second movie where it's dark. They have backlight everything like there's always a bright light so you can see everybody's full form yeah that i was really trying to analyze like what makes this movie so bad like i knew it was bad but i was trying to figure out why some of the actors acting was extremely bad like the uh the main cop that guy his acting was oh, terrible god. oh my god that Dude, guy was like, worthless he, all he wanted to find is judo he she was like somebody's daughter or something and all he wanted to do is find judo and like immediately looked at sarah as the bad guy i was like yo you haven't been through that shit, and then it just starts going insane. They just appear, moment just appear, and they're like, ah, and they run. And some now the killings in it. I'll be honest, some of the killings in it are pretty brutal. Like yeah, there were two cool killing scenes for sure, two cool two cool deaths. But this movie's not I a good movie. I do like the one where she's like she's trying to cross over the thing, and then the guy just comes out and just rips her face like cuts her slights her throat and she just looks over and just falls over and she's just hanging there as a big just hanging there oh and the first one no the second one the first one is the one where the girl's like hanging and then the the guy jumps across and slashes her in the neck and then she hangs in the second one they find her body and they like dangle from it to try and get across i'm so then i got both of them fused together it's, it's all good. I just watched the second one, and I watched the first one last night, so I got, like, good. four pages of I watched of the notes. first one last night, fell asleep on the second one, and finished the second one, like, probably two hours ago. Yeah, me too. So, and second, good, though. The, the second one's terrible. What do you... Oh, my God. The second one's awful. I, I don't know. Like, I, I'd get rid of that one and keep the first one, no matter what the first one's fucking good plot yeah. was. But the plot in this one, like... And he immediately looks at Tara and says, you're going back in there to help us out. And they don't even regard for anything. The only thing they really regard in the movie to the first one is that Sarah, when they were all basically everybody's dead, you know, blah, blah, whatever. Who cares? Because it gets like, this is literally how I feel about that movie until like near the ending points. Because it kind of does a little bit of character development, but instead of the first one, which you would need to see the first one to understand this part. But the one cop is claustrophobic Well, they're getting through this and Sarah comes back and helps her because she starts freaking out at one point helps her to this little area they couldn't find somewhere out well she ends up getting out going in her pocket getting out a plastic bag with a phone in it and she makes a video of her daughter you could tell that Sarah was looking at her at the same time if you watch the first movie you know that she lost her daughter and her husband and at that point she realized what she probably needed to do to save this woman so she could see her daughter again. Exactly. I'm really glad you brought that up because that is the only part of this movie with any fucking substance whatsoever. <laughs> exactly. My point. Yeah. That, that happened. And then that ending scene in that movie, it just comes together. It like, does. I thought the ending scene was pretty freaking brutal. Like they literally had like an Avengers level battle versus vampires and they were all just slicing and dicing and you just see like everything oh no no no! i got a part the part where um he puts a handcuff on her they gotta go across those rocks oh my god that shit was so fucking stupid that shit made me so mad but dude dude but just imagine like if that actually happened 
he, he would not be just hanging there. Dude, if he let, with how heavy he was, it would have just sliced right off. It definitely would have, like, degloved her hand for sure. Like, yeah, there's, exactly. there's no That's, way that would have gone well yeah. for anybody. But no, she would be sitting there like, ah! Like, due to her pain, she probably would have passed out by the excruciating pain from it. She just sat there and kept yelling, but you could tell she didn't have no art fingers there. Like, yeah, she, that would have been fucking, it. But it, that was pretty. And then she started looking like a limp afterwards. Like, see, like, judo just randomly comes back. This whole movie, right? Like, the from the get go, not a minute of this movie makes a fucking lick of sense. They find Sarah running around, and instead of going near where they just found her, they go to a random mine shaft, just totally random place. And they're like, you know, this leads to some undiscovered caves. Let's find out where it goes. And they all go down a random my like why would they decide to go over here and go down like there's no reason for them to suspect it's the same place but it is turns out but it's like what the fuck why is this a thing and then like just from there it just continues to not make any sense in my opinion the girl gets Until... caved in and then she can get out just fine if she just looks around like what like this is so stupid anyway that was pretty brutal though the rock getting on her face yeah, the, like when she dropped the rock on the monster's head. Yeah, that shit was cool. Yeah, there, yeah, that shit. There are two parts that I wrote. Okay, that was pretty cool. One of them was when the rat crawls out of the girl's mouth, like the dead girl's oh, mouth. Dude, that's, I, I was when I first saw that, I was like, "What?" Because I had never seen the second one, so this was new to me. And I just see a rat, and I was just like, "Wow, that's that's pretty good." The rat thing was super yeah. fucking cool. I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed when they squished the head. But otherwise, oof, not a good movie. But what what about the scene where she get where Sarah gives up herself at the end so that her her person can go see her daughter, but then she gets out there. But this is okay. So we get out. I'm gonna end the movie. I'm All right, hold on, hold on. Before we do that, let's talk about the moment where Sarah sacrifices herself. Right. Well, that that movie makes a it, to... that makes this moment this movie go from a one star to a two star. Right is the moment where Sarah yes. sacrifices herself to get this girl out. And I'm like, all right, at least there was some reason for all of this to happen. And then the cop climbs out and she's like, I'm free. And then what happens, well, Terry? We didn't, even say, we, <laughs> we didn't even say anything about Juno just randomly appearing from the first one, even though we thought she was dead. Don't even get me started on fucking one. Juno, bro. Like, she <laughs> she, she comes out of you know. nowhere. <laughs> I know, I know. She goes out of nowhere and starts helping. But then she's like, you can't trust them. And it's like a fight between her and Sarah to take the lead roles. And it was like a struggle throughout the whole movie. And, like, Sarah definitely sabotaged Juno and left her for dead. Why would Juno hesitate at all when it came to killing Sarah like <laughs> I don't care who you are know. if your friend stabs you in the leg and leaves you to the wolves you're pretty pissed off at that friend I don't care if they brought a, a rescue party or not they don't expect you to be alive like there's no reason Juno should have been cool at the end at all let me let me just say why why but let me ask you this remember the first movie in the beginning when they're on the um in the river mm-hmm Remember that little talk that her husband and Juno had before they came back up? Refresh me. There was when they were all went on that um, on that um, that river hiking trip. Yeah, where they were going down the river. Mm -hmm. Well, when they were coming out, Sarah was up on top, but Juno was talking to her husband. Yeah, and 
the whole ride, that little ride with her daughter in her, they kept looking like there was an ominous feeling to it. Could he have cheated on her at that point? And that's why she hates Juno so much. Because every time you saw like a picture of Juno and she would look at it, she would hate it. You could instantly tell from the first movie. That's an so, interesting theory. Hmm. That's what I was thinking the whole movie. That's why this second one, when they saw each other and they didn't rip each other's faces off, I was like, why wouldn't you? And that's why she kind of left her for dead in the first one. See, I thought that, okay, so the beginning, like, when Sarah is, like, collapsing in the hospital because her family's dead and she's realizing it, I think it is uh, Beth is there, like, holding her and, like, seeing her through it. And then Juno yeah. sees her and cries and they just cut away. And then later Juno says, I'm sorry I wasn't there for you more. So I feel like Juno, like, distanced herself in uh sarah's like biggest time of need but it's an interesting I feel theory like her husband yeah i was feeling like her husband had an affair with her and she kind of knew there was something going on i i mean i, I mean, would never condone cheating or anything like that i would never cheat on anybody but like <laughs> juno oh my god <laughs> dude juno had a, you know what i'll be honest i really thought sarah had a test with my um oh but she's that final, like, put the hand out, just a random, I'm alive, hand. And she comes out, and you just get a nice, nice glimpse of that tight yoga ass. Jesus. Like, yoga gives an ass to a perfectly athletic woman, like an ass of the gods. But then when you take out, you're like, oh, it's not the ass of the gods. <laughs> Bro, I, I don't know if I'm on the same page as you here. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I saw that ass, just simple as that. <laughs> but the I, I sacrifice part at, at the second one was it was just like it was kind of like what well, was like, like okay cool judo dying just made me happy but that cop though man the ending so okay pick it. i don't know if you if you can explain what the fuck happened at the ending because from what i wrote in my notes was twist an unimportant character behaves in an irrational way with no reason or explanation <laughs> so well see the thing is that character mm-hmm. showed the sheriffs and everything that mining site right and he showed them that it has been active but they used to go down in that cave all the time right and they had something happen and it never came back well there's a possible twist they were supposed to, apparently they were supposed to make a third they were but that old man ended up showing at the end and hit her in the face just like just like oh I'm, I'm all bloody you know just in the woods crying a little bit with like just scum on and everything i'm gonna i'm just gonna cry and run next so out of freaking nowhere you just jump because she got hit in a shovel and you're like who the hell is that it's the old guy from the fucking mine that's what it was. So what I think he was doing is actually feeding them. That's what it looked and like because he, he dragged her body over to the hole and like yeah, pushed her back into it. That's what it. I was thinking. That's Ooh. what I was thinking. But Juno survived, so there's a possible chance she survived. I mean, Juno had her like guts ripped out at the end, but she really just like she just had a really superficial scratch. 
is what happened to Juno. Everybody else is definitely fucking dead. But Juno could still be alive for a third one. But I really hope that they aren't stupid enough to make a third one. Like, the first one, they hit gold. The first one was so well made. Bloody. Oh, my God. The first one was so good. And then the second one was just dog shit. Awful. Straight to DVD bullshit. Yeah. It was something else. I just give it the props for actually having some kind of story near the end. Like, there's a lot of bangs and pops and Oh, is that things. fireworks? Yeah. Oh, shit. I thought you were, like, throwing dice on a table or something. <laughs> no. I'm not playing any dice games, nor do I. I mean, I play D&D a lot, so it's just a natural thought for me, I guess. But I thought about it. I really did. And then I watched Stranger Things, and I saw how long it took them to play one game. Oh, hours. Like, I, yeah. I'm not going through three seasons of this fucking show where they're still playing the damn game. Yeah, that's. I had a game that lasted for a year, and we had to stop. It wasn't ready to be over. We just had to stop. So that's the kind of games uh, this, this is. What the hell? Yeah, man. I could not do that. It's a good time, though, but... All right, so I think it's about time that we wrap up this podcast. So, yeah. Uh, I do not own the second one on DVD, and thank God, because I would dump that shit in a fucking heartbeat. The first one, there are some problems with it. It's not a perfect movie. Do you think I should keep the disc or I should dump it? The first one I think you should keep. I think I'm in agreement because after not watching it for a couple years and then rewatching it now, it was fucking dope. It's I enjoyed refreshing. It. Yeah, it was really good. So I think I am going to keep the first one. But if I had the second one, I would sh- throw it out of a, a clay pigeon shooter and blast it with a shotgun. Like the f- second one is fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> can i have a smiley face with a tear on that <laughs> yeah that's exactly what i would do to it yeah <laughs> um, just watch me that go out <laughs> okay so um do you have anything that you want to plug that you want the audience to like check out baskin baskin robbins there's there no there's a movie called baskin it's a turkish indie horror movie Mm-hmm. It is literally they speak in Turkey, in Turkish, but they they have English subtitles. I'll have to check it out. Baskin. It Baskin. All it, right. When you see it, it'll have an old man with a key looking like cross. It's it's a it's an insane movie. I tell I recommend it every time I talk about horror movies because a lot of people don't know what it is, and I think it, it's for the mentioning. All right, so we'll check that and out. Wrong for one turn, of wrong turns. Oh, wrong turn's a good one too, for sure. All righty, so so those are some movies that you should check out by Terry's recommendation. I have some thank yous to go through. First of all, I want to say thank you to the Jazz Gene for the use of our theme song "Viva La Speed Metal" off of the album "The Medicine." It's some great emo pop rock punk music that is. Uh, good for the soul. If you're having some hard times, they've definitely gotten me through some hard times. Thank you, Jazz June. Also, I want to say thank you to the Fat Rat for the use of the song Unity, which we use to end every episode and bring us in and out of the ad spots. If you want to get a hold of me, you can go to you can email me at discdumppod at gmail.com. On Twitter, I'm 
at the disc dump on Instagram. I am the disc dump podcast with a two P's and on Facebook, I have the disc dump podcast fans group where you can start some discussions, participate, talk to people who are on the show like Terry or any of the, uh, anything else. Basically you want to interact with, you can see all the promo stuff, blah, blah, blah. Terry, how can they get a hold of you if they want to? Oh, I have an Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Okay. It's basically my name on each one. I mean, my Snapchat's the only ones on that is Captain Dude. Captain Dude. Right on. That's my Snapchat name. But <laughs> yeah, if you just get on Facebook, look up my name, and you'll usually find it. All righty. Sounds good. Um, so, you know, are you, I don't know how far you are in listening to the podcast, but our sign-offs, this is going to probably be the last time we do this, where I say, don't God. forget to blank, and then the guest says, and... And then you just say a random sentence. Don't forget to charge the batteries in your flashlight. And don't forget to fist yourself. Well, that's a pretty grim way to end the episode. All right, everybody, take care now. Bye-bye. <laughs>